Welcome to Financial Practice Made Perfect, presented by Independent Financial Brokers of Canada. I'm Nancy Allen, and I'm Executive Director of IFB. My guest today is well-known author, speaker, coach, and practice management consultant Grant Hicks. Grant is author of Guerrilla Marketing for Financial Advisors, Innovating Financial Advisors Through Practice Management. Grant continually researches how top advisors consistently perform at high levels using key practice management processes and shares how to implement these processes into your practice. Grant is president of Advisor Practice Management, a financial advisor's training company. Grant has 28 years of unique experience in the financial services industry. This includes building and selling a mutual fund dealership, building and selling a financial practice with over $120 million in assets, and he was also the National Director of Practice Management for Manulife Financial. Grant helps advisors who seek to be at the top of their profession and prepare for the future by implementing key practice management processes today. Grant, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me today. We're talking today about the future-ready financial advisor. So what do you see as the challenges today for financial advisors, and what challenges do you think might lay ahead? Um, I think the biggest thing is that with all the changes happening in the industry, advisors are trying to understand it all. And I truly believe that the successful advisors of the past will not be the successful advisors of the future. And let me kind of explain why I truly believe that. You see, about three years ago when I was traveling across the country and meeting with hundreds of advisors across North America, I discovered something that truly surprised me. The best advisors were acting all in exactly the same way and doing exactly the same things. And it was the exact opposite of what most of the other advisors were doing. And so I could see that what they were doing to be successful and preparing their business in the future was dramatically different. And all I did was kind of summarize it. Let me kind of give you an example of this. You see, in the past, most advisors got paid for products and services and gave away planning and advice for free. In the future, how do you charge for planning and advice and include the products? It's a complete fundamental opposite of where the future is going. So what I mean by planning and advice is helping people get clarity around all their goals and put that on paper. Not just one goal, but three, four, five, six, or more goals. Helping people get organized in all six areas of their total financial life tax, estate, investment, risk, insurance, and debt, and helping people get organized and give planning and advice in all of those areas, comprehensive planning and advice, and helping people understand total transparency of what they get, what they pay, and what they don't get, is truly understanding the, the costs of everything and what they actually are getting, the actual value. That's why value propositions or value promises, as I call them, are more and more popular. And help people truly get comprehensive planning and advice so that they have a quality financial plan updated annually to help meet their goals. So you turn to the prospect or client, you look them in the eye, and you ask them, what is the probability of success with your current plan 
of reaching all of your goals. And it really helps people get the perspective of how do you position planning and advice when we've been paid for products and services all the way along? Well, the fundamental shift is happening, and that's one of the biggest challenges that we see for advisors in the future. So there is a lot of change happening today in the financial services industry. So how does an advisor grow his or her practice today in the face of all these changes? Yeah, great question. You know, the major changes is, you know, with the technology changes. We've all heard about the robo-advisor and and now robo-insurance affecting the industry. Obviously, the regulatory changes, which is just a massive amount of change to even keep up to date on. But the biggest change is the changing client behavior, and that's the unknown variable in the future. You see, in Canada, we've gone through CRM2, we might go through CRM3, we might go through a whole bunch of different regulatory changes and technology changes. But I truly believe that the changing client behavior is going to be the critical element. And to help advisors, I, I really I always point to a study that I that I read that really kind of resonated with me. It's called the Fidelity Millionaire Study. And essentially what the study said was that forty percent of Canadians or wealthier Canadians are financial delegators. They need to find someone that is going to do comprehensive planning and advice that they trust and they're gonna do everything for them. I can delegate all of these to one person. And not everyone is a financial delegator. So some people like to say, well, I'll just use you for investments and I'll use this advisor for insurance. And they piece it out. But what advisors want to do is they want to do the comprehensive planning and advice and the client is not allowing them because they're either saying I'm going to deal with two people or piece things out differently. And so the challenge is finding those people that, want to delegate everything to one person and take care of. And those end up being the advisor's best client. So as you're going through and asking the comprehensive planning and advice questions, you're going to kind of flush out if these people really want planning and advice and value it. And finding those is going to be the challenge for advisors in the future. And I'll give you a very simple example of how to find them. They always say, if you're going to build a restaurant, build it where hungry people are. Where are hungry people? Where are financial delegators that we're looking for? The best question that you could ask is ask your best clients. If I was to go and meet a group of people similar to you, where would I go? Or would you like to come to the Retired Pilots Association or our Teachers Association meeting or this event we're going to? This is where they are. If you join me, you get to meet a group of them. Finding these group of people through your clients is going to be the best way where at least you have an idea of where you can connect with them. That's a very one way of where you're going to find the people that you're looking for. So what are some of the best practices for practice management? So when I did years of research and writing the book that I wrote, the latest version that I wrote was Grilla Marketing for Financial Advisors all on practice management. 
And we did research in Australia and United States and UK, all around the world to try and find what the best advisors are doing on planet Earth to run their practice. And I really have four that I want to focus on and talk to today. There's really about eight, what I call the eight cylinders of practice management. But the four key ones are this. Having a unique value promise. We know that 43% of advisors don't have a unique value promise. But the ones that do, can they clearly articulate it? So having a, a value promise of this is all the services that we deliver and this is how we deliver it and this is the benefit to you and the outcome to you. And truly articulating what it is that you deliver. The second one is 73% of advisors have no written service processes. This comes from practice management research and the Practice Institute of the Financial Planning Association, where they said 73% of advisors have no real clear written service process. So in other words, we're, as an industry, trying to give enhanced service to our best clients, and we don't have it in writing, clearly writing that down. So having that process starts very simply with feedback, because we know that 85% of advisors have no feedback. So I'll give a very simple example to the listeners today by really just asking two or three questions at the end of a meeting. What are the three things you value the most about our services? And asking that question, what are the three things you value the most about our services? Is It's not only helping you recognize the value that you're delivering, but it's more important that your clients recognize and can articulate the value you're driving, you're, you're driving towards them. So having feedback is going to be critical. And then the final thing is I define an ideal client quite differently. 75% of advisors don't have a clear definition of what we call an ideal client. In the past, it was based on products. I want a million dollars of revenue or X amount of premium. In the future, it's going to be based on ongoing upfront or recurring revenue that you generate for all the planning and advice that you provide. So a good example is $10,000 a year of revenue. What do I get for the $10,000 a year that you generate from me? And so I, I encourage advisors to write down what is the annual revenue that you want to get from an ideal client? Maybe it's upfront because you do insurance. Maybe it's ongoing because you do benefits, business planning, or individual planning or investment planning. Is it $5,000, $10,000, $15,000? Then I encourage you to think about is delivering more value to less clients. You see, I was taught years ago, just go out and get more clients and that will solve all your business problems. But you run into capacity issues and you have to build a team and you have to build different structures. Why don't we just go and say, we're delivering $5,000 of value to our best clients. Why don't we deliver $10,000 of value or $15,000 of value? And don't make the common mistake that advisors make is that it's not what you think it's worth it's what the client thinks it's worth and is willing to pay. So would a doctor or a dentist 
or a professional or a wealthy retiree being willing to pay $10,000 a year for all the planning and advice that you provide. The irony most of the time is they're already paying $10,000 a year. They're just not getting the comprehensive planning and advice. Helping clients recognize of what you deliver, the cost is the same, but the delivery of all the services is dramatically different. We're going to take care of your total financial life, take care of all the six areas you need to do, make sure you've got a quality financial plan to reach your goals, and have a process to keep you on track and get it there for life. And so the four key processes of practice management are having and articulating a unique value promise, having and articulating a service promise, having a definition of what an ideal client is from a revenue point of view, and then doing feedback to truly understand what I call the advisor blind spot is knowing the value that you are delivering. And so those are the four key profit drivers. If we look at those four key profit drivers, we know that the advisors that have a unique value promise earn 246% more than advisors that don't. They earn two and a half to three times of what an advisor does. So is it worth it having a unique value promise? Absolutely. The people that have a written service promise earn 146% more than advisors that don't. The advisor that segment annually and have an ideal client definition compound and grow their practice by 17% every single year. And we know the advisors that do feedback earn 52% more. So there's enough motivation to help you at least get one out of the four practice management uh, profit drivers to help you run your practice in the future. So, Grant, just to wrap things up today, what are some ideas you can leave our listeners with for practical ways that they can grow their business? So a very simple formula that I, I can give you, if you remember this, it's the 611 formula. 611. What does that mean? Very simple. We want to help your best clients deliver comprehensive planning and advice. So we need to build a team around them of professionals, either your network of professionals you have or work with their network of professionals. So we want to have six, up to six centers of influence as part of the discussion to work with your best clients. And the whole process is to giving and getting professionals at every meeting. So each meeting you have with an ideal client, you find out who the six centered influences are in their life. And if they need them, then you have someone to refer. And if they have someone that they really like working with, then it's someone that you have an opportunity to meet. So building your business by working with center of influences can be a very favorable piece. So you want to meet those six center of influences. Who are the six? Accountant and lawyer, pretty obvious you might want to look at maybe a realtor or a mortgage professional because that's money in motion. You might want to look at a commercial realtor, commercial mortgage broker. You might want to look at an insurance agency to make sure that they look after all the risks in their life. And then the other, and the other could be people such as bookkeepers. Bookkeepers are very valuable to be part of your team because if you have a good idea that the bookkeeper is and can control the cash flow, 
you could do better planning and advice. And other people, such as certified business valuators. So putting a team of six around each client, that's key. And knowing who the six are, that's the first piece. The second piece is what we call a favorable introduction. You see, most advisors try to position referrals, and I was taught years ago, position referrals at the end of the meeting. Well, with all the compliance and all the paperwork at the end of the meeting, there's not enough time to talk about referrals. So that's why you want to position a referral meeting as a very separate meeting. It might be a coffee. It might be a lunch. You might take a client and meet them at 11 o'clock in the morning and then buy them lunch and position the favorable introductions. And favorable introduction is a very simple process where all you're asking for is permission if you can send an email out to them of what others said about you. And if they're comfortable forwarding that email, they know how to refer you. Because if I sat down with your best clients, I would ask them three questions. First, did you know you're one of my ideal clients? Most advisors or clients might say, hmm, didn't know that. The second is, did you know that we want to grow our business? Didn't know that either. Well, all we're looking for is five or six more ideal clients such as yourself. So if you were to introduce me to other ideal clients, how would you do it? I'm not asking you to, but how would you do it? And most clients, they're not exactly sure how to introduce you. So it is okay if I send out an email of what others said about me. Sure, easy to send out an email. And the email basically says, Grant's done a great job of helping me clarify my goals and do comprehensive planning. I think having a meeting with Grant, regardless if you did business with him, would be valuable use of your time. And that's all the meeting says. So it gives the words of how to introduce you. And then the final thing on the 611 process is having events. Whether you have events, you have small events or intimate client events, or you go to the client's event, is that's where you want to meet your ideal clients and prospects. And so talking about the events that you're doing, events that you're planning, and what are you involved in? And if you ever need help or you want me to join you with an event, be more than happy to go to clients' events. Well, it's a very simple process I call the 611. Each meeting, you get six center of influences, giving and getting, maybe give three names, get three names, one favorable introduction email, and possibly talk about one event that you may join a client with. So if you have 10 meetings this fall, you've got 60 center of influences to talk about. You've got 10 favorable introduction emails to send out and possibly 10 events to go to. So you can see where you could take those meetings and multiply to become successful to grow your business. The 611 process. Hopefully, it helped you, at the very least, build a network of professionals around your best clients and get some favorable introductions. And at the very least, possibly go to some events because that's where you're going to meet the next ideal client. That's all the time we have for today. My thanks to Grant Hicks, President of Advisor Practice Management, for sharing his knowledge with our listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Financial Practice Made Perfect. Past episodes of the show are available on our website at www.ifbc.ca or you can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. I'm Nancy Allen. Thanks for listening.